One thing I feel like I've always sought out since my kids were little were parents that were a few steps ahead of me or a few years ahead of me in the journey of raising their children. So I love finding people who have kids right now that are teenagers or older who have paved the way. I can ask them questions. I can learn from them. And a lot of times these days I find new people on Instagram and I'm so excited because I feel like I can really just learn so much from them and soak it all in. Our next guest, Kimberly Amici, is one of those moms that I'm so thankful to have found her and to now call her a friend. A really neat thing is that I was able to record for her podcast, Build Your Best Family, a couple weeks ago, and that will air at the end of this month. And now she's sharing with us today. She compliments the mission of families that stick together so well because she takes everything that we want for what our family stands for, for the purpose of our our family, for our culture, our mission, our values, and wraps it up in a way that you can really understand and fit into your everyday life and really stay focused on. The one question she asked me on her podcast that she asks every guest is, what is your family known for? You know, you could take that from a, a couple different angles, but It's such an important thing that we have to ask ourselves because that ends up defining so many of our daily decisions, which end up being, you know, our weekly decisions, monthly, yearly, and it ends up really defining who our family becomes. What is your family known for? Well, Kimberly Amici is known for her creativity, strong faith, and commitment to living life with purpose and passion. She is an entrepreneur, a designer, podcast producer, and family culture coach. She is the founder of Build Your Best Family, which helps people live a life of purpose with the ones they love and become the family they were meant to be through podcast courses and personal coaching. Kimberly writes at KimberlyAmici.com. She lives with her husband, Carl, and their three teenagers in the New York City suburbs. I am confident you're going to hear Kimberly and fall in love with how easy this process is and leave with so many great things to go back and immediately start doing with your family to build your best family. Come along, friend. Let's grow. Welcome to Families That Stick Together. Just step right over the random pile of clothes where it looks like all my kids melted. Turn right past the pile of papers still out from last month's school project. Maybe don't look at the sink and make yourself at home, friend. This is where our family of six hangs out. It's where our real life happens. Stay long enough to be reminded of what we both already know, that swimming upstream is not without much work and grace, but it does come with friends who are rooting you on just as fiercely as the way you love your strong family. We work together here as friends so we can get to the end knowing we did well. Come along with us to gather together to grow through it all. Welcome friend with your laundry, your running shoes, or your cup of coffee. I can't wait to spend my time with you. Now my mom, whose favorite color is blue, Jennifer Zumbiel. Maybe you're like me and you've hit this point in the year where you feel like you need a reset, you need a spring cleaning, you need to declutter something. You feel the schedule start caving in with all the sports practices ramping up again. 
whatever it is, maybe you just need a little prompting, a good friend to sit with and just say, oh my gosh, help me get less stress. I feel so busy. I just want to feel no more guilt and have it feel a little easier. Guess what? We've got something that'll really help you out. I know it will take you through a quick process to truly less guilt and more meaning among that whole busy schedule. Go to togethermoments.com slash free, print off your free copy right there. And if you don't want to use all the pretty ink in your printer, go to the end of your document and you can print off the not so pretty, but the ink saving version. It's in black and white. As always, you can find all the links wherever you're listening to this podcast in addition to our website, togethermoments.com. And make sure you grab Kimberly's free resource too. You all, she gave us a special copy just for our Together families to really help that conversation flow. And if you're grabbing the resource I was just talking about to help you through those busy times and bring more meaning, you're going to want hers to work alongside it because it's going to bring out the best discussions between you and your spouse and your kids and I feel like it's going to bring it all together for you. These are both really great tools for your family and I'm so excited for you to get them in your home. Kimberly, welcome to Families That Stick Together. Thank you for making time to be here. I'm really excited to share you with our audience today. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here today. Thanks for having me. You are welcome. I came across you. I don't even know how we connected. I'm pretty sure I met you because I saw one of your Instagram lives, Friends Talking Family, that you put out every Wednesday, which is so good. And I really thought, oh, I love her. I got to find out more about her. You feel like, well, you are a few steps ahead of me with having teenager children. And I can learn so much from you. And your whole business is called Build Your Best Family. I'm just really excited to have you here today. Well, it's a pleasure. I've had fun following you and meeting you as well. I want you to open up by telling us your story about wanting more for your own family. It's so similar to what so many moms feel as they watch their family get busier and busier, myself included and about my own journey with Together Moments here. But I'd love for you to share what made you take action on all those thoughts you were having all those years ago. Yeah. So when my husband and I first got married, we talked a lot about what we wanted our family life to look like. We did all of those premarital sessions. We did little workbooks. We talked about, you know, how many kids we wanted to have, where we wanted to live, what we wanted to do, um, even like, you know, going to church and volunteering and being involved in the community, all that good stuff. And then we had children. <laughs> and all of a sudden we realized, wow, this is not, not that it wasn't as easy as we thought it would be, but that we found our family life taking a direction that we weren't necessarily going on purpose. We were doing a lot of good things. We um, were living in New York City when we had my daughter. And then we did what most people do in our area as we moved to the suburbs. We got involved in the community. I was a stay-at-home mom. So I, you know, signed up for all the things because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. He was doing the New York City commute, taking a train in the mornings and coming home late in the evenings. And we just felt like at one point I had this aha moment where our life was a product of just what was happening to us and not what we were choosing for our lives. I mean, we were still on a good path. We were still doing things we liked, but then you add in the kids and the busyness of their schedules. And then you have three kids and you want to make sure they're in sports and in music and in all the things. And we just found ourselves super busy, not being able to catch a breath, basically saying, let's just get through this week or let's just get through this month. And 
and then kind of turning around and going, where is all this time gone? We haven't really done anything that we've wanted to do on purpose. And so that was kind of the moment when I was like, oh, well, you know what we need? We need a family mission statement. And so (laughs) they were trending at the time, which I'm sure you can still find a lot of talk about a family mission statement all over the internet. But I jumped onto Pinterest and I was like, okay, I want a family mission statement. I want something that's going to tell us how we're going to do this family life. Part of my journey was that I'm a practical person. I like to know how to do things. And so I was online and I was finding out why I should have a mission statement, how to make it look pretty once I figured it out, where to put it. But I wasn't, nobody was telling me how to make it. Like what is, what are the components of it? And how do I come up with these words in this language that's in our family mission statement? And so I really spent time taking a deep dive into organizations, how they came up with their mission statement. What's the difference between a mission and a vision statement? And then how do they determine their values? And as I taught myself this process, I got like, this revelation that the same things that businesses and organizations do to create culture can be brought into our home and really create success and cause us to thrive. And during this time and during all this research, I really then took another step, took a deeper dive and discovered culture and what culture is. And it's just, it's more than just having a mission statement. I hear you keep saying the on purpose thing over and over. I want to, I want to address that, but I, how old were your kids at this time, Kimberly, where you feel like this really hit you and you thought, okay, we got to really start looking on purpose at our family? Yeah. So I think it was when my oldest was probably like six, maybe, because I started okay. to do a lot. Yeah. So I had a two, four, and six. And how old are they now? We're at 14, about to turn 16 and 17. Don't you feel like when you look back, what a blessing that you noticed this when they were so young, so you could be Mm -hmm. proactive as it really started picking up the craziness? Yeah. And it took me a while to figure out what it was that I was doing, because honestly, I created a mission statement, but then it was a good year before I really, like before I knew how to make it show up in my life. So that was the big big step for me in pushing me towards the work I do was like, okay, I have a mission statement. It's hanging up, but it's not, it doesn't mean anything in my everyday. And so I started to kind of understand this when, when they were young, at some point we got our kids in on the conversation. And I feel like by that time, my youngest was probably like six or maybe seven. And we started to to say, okay, like this building culture is more than just about what mom and dad want at a certain point, right? And how do we get everybody involved in what it looks like to build culture? Yeah, I I think that's excellent when you involve your kids because you're a family unit, you're a team. If you don't Mm -hmm. act as a team, then all of a sudden it's more like a dictatorship, right? There's certainly a place and time for the parents to take on that role as well. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I like that you said you included them and we'll talk about that in a little bit. What else is interesting to me is how you said, well, I had this mission statement, but I didn't really do much with it for a year. And what I always love about guests on this podcast is we try to bring the real. It's not like you did this and all of a sudden everything was perfect and you had all these plans in place. And I I think what's always important to learn from other moms is how it's constantly a journey and it's not a quick fix. Whatever we decide, it's such a process of knowing what those things are going to look like in our family for as a big picture, but it's always taking that first step. So clearly you had this really big mind shift. You called it your aha moment Mm -hmm. where you said, Mm -hmm. all right, we got to focus on 
something different here. So tell us real quick, the connection between the mission statement and then what you said about the culture understanding mm-hmm. like a business culture and how that related to a family. Cause this is so much of what your work is within your mm-hmm. business today of build your best family. Yeah. So I'll tell you what the, the bridge was that helped us to make changes. And then I'll back up a little bit and talk a little bit more about culture and, and why it's important and what exactly it is. Cause it does sound like a, a fancy word, like a business word, but it really encompasses so much more than that. So for us, the difference was we had determined our values. And so when you mentioned before about how there are certain things that the the parents do get to dictate. Well, we decided on the values, but how we lived out those values, we got the kids involved with, and then even some of the cultural practices. So some of those things that we love to do together, what we want to be known for and how we live out our values is when we really got the kids in on the conversation. And so what happened was, is we had these values and these value words were good, but what does it look like to have them show up in our everyday life? So creativity to me as a value is going to look different than creativity to you. And so I, one of the things that I learned to do that I work with now with my clients is I will help them take the value word and turn it into three to five practices that point towards that value word and sum up what it looks like. So for example, um, one of the big things that we care about is integrity. And so I I know that most people know what that word means, but what does it mean specifically in the context of your family? And so real quick, I'll share with you what it means to us. So one thing it means is we always tell the truth. We honor our commitments, even when it's inconvenient and we are authentic and consistent in how we treat others. And so there were certain things about that word integrity that meant something to my husband, meant something to me. And we figured out what those words, what they, what that was. So we basically took these action words and we applied it to that value so that as we teach our kids, we know exactly what we're talking about. So what it does is it creates these, these phrases and it makes your values actionable, teachable, repeatable, measurable, and then you can celebrate them. Because outside of that, how do you know if you're on the right track? How do you know if you're living up to your value? Well, you can judge by, well, it feels good when we're leaning into our values, but that's really not enough to see progress. It's really not enough to sustain. It's really not enough for the kids to know what the heck it is that we're doing if they don't know exactly what that means. And I'm sitting here thinking, okay, so we, in my own family, we definitely have these values and we want to live them out. But what I like about what you say is so many of us could sit here and say, yes, yes, but do we actually take time to see if these are measurable and if we're doing this? And mm-hmm. so having those three to five practices in your family to make sure that value shows up regularly mm-hmm. is such, it's like a, a, a life hack, if you yeah. want to say, right? It's just to hold yourself accountable to the thing that you want to keep showing up, even though we all think, well, it does show up because we value fun. And yesterday we went sled riding mm-hmm. as a family or whatever, but when we actually write these things out, it's like what I tell my kids all the time with studying, for example, is just the act of writing something out is another step to committing it to memory in the Mm -hmm. sense of school. And if we just take time to write these things out as the mom of our family, the leader of our family, it's really going to stay 
forefront and show up Mm -hmm. more. And so I think that's such a good practice you do. So let's go with that real quick. What would you say someone who's listening right now should do that they could do right now when, when this podcast is over to just kind of write something out and put up on the refrigerator or something? So um, I'll answer that question. And then I want to go back and touch on something you said. So, you know, like for us, it was brainstorming. It was like starting the conversation right? And deciding what it is. And this is a question that I like to ask guests that come on my podcast. What is it that you want to be known for? Like, what is it that you want people to say about you? So if we talk a little bit about what culture is, I mean, culture is basically, you know, what your kids can expect from you after a long day. Culture is what your relatives can count on when they come visit you during the holidays. It's what your friends experience when they stop by unannounced. So it is how we relate to one another. It's how we work together. It's how we achieve goals. It's, it's just the way you do things, right? So deciding that ahead of time without going into like all the work of, of doing the values, which I help people do, and then coming up with those practices, those are all amazing and necessary, but you can start really quickly by just saying, what is it that I want to be known for? What do I want people to say? And it's not about like patting yourself in the back and being like, you know, it's not, it's less about, um, you know, what you want others to think about you and more of what you want people to experience, um, when they're in your world, when they're in your home, what they can expect from you. And so just having those conversations and, you know, also what is it that I experienced growing up that I love that I want to bring forward? What is it that I didn't have growing up that I want to provide for my kids? And then I want to provide for the other people that come into my life. So it's, just starting to have those conversations and then identifying some key points that you can start moving in the right direction towards. But I wanted to say too, like backing up to this idea of integrity, a story that I love to share is that there was one uh, weekend where we got this huge snowstorm. Um, I think it happened on a Friday. You know, we woke up Sunday morning to a ton of snow. And I would say that regularly, my husband will wait till the last minute till he has to go outside to shovel. And it drives me crazy. And I don't really say much to him because I don't want to part argue with him. And I don't, I'm so grateful for like how hard he works during the week. And I know the last thing he wants to do is wake up at the crack of dawn on the Saturday morning and shovel the driveway. So I often just let him kind of do it when he gets around to it. But there was one particular day where my son had wrestling practice and, oh my gosh, I don't know what, how old my son was, but he's not in high school. He's not even high school yet. So it was like several years ago, it was just on a town rec team. You know, we had the option of not going because, Hey, you know, he's like, six or seven. I don't know how old he was. And we could just stay in and watch TV together and cuddle. And like, we could just do that. Right. What happened was I was like, it's, you know, it's time to go to practice. He's got to go to practice. And I said, I think I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to shovel out the car and we're going to go. And he kind of gave me a hard time. And I said, babe, I said, one of our values is integrity, which means we honor our commitments, even if it's inconvenient. So if we want to teach our kids to honor our commitments, we've got to do this. What was incredible in that moment is that he goes, you're right. Now, if I had said to him, we need to shovel first thing in the morning so we can go play. Like if I had have gone that route, it would have been an argument. We never would have made it to practice. My kids would have seen us not be very nice to one another, but because I was able to then take this value or something that we had predetermined was important to us and bring that to the forefront and use that as the reason why we needed to show up in that way, it was easy for him to receive. It was easy for us to fulfill it. And so really thinking through those pieces is is really important. What I really like about that is that um, that that story in particular is how it doesn't require extra work to make this a priority in your family. It's just mm-hmm. always going back 
to that thing. Because the story you said, yes, it sounds simple. It sounds like, yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense how the one route could have led to an argument and the other one was just, hey, this is how we, this is us. This is what we are. This is what we have committed to. And so when you bring things like that, it makes wanting to be a family that stays strong, that is our best family, that's living our our family values on purpose, it makes it feel so much easier and not like work because I, Mm -hmm. I think so often we can hear podcasts like this or follow people on Instagram and think, Oh, but I can't add that to my life. I can't sit down and have a family meeting about what values are important. (laughs) Yeah, you can. Cause you already know you already have them. Like just take a few minutes to put them in list form simply to make you draw back to them and and Mm -hmm. go back to them. And bring them out in moments like that when you need to make everyone stay focused on that. So I I really, I appreciate that example. And I think it's something everyone can understand. Yeah. And it saves you so much time in the future, right? Instead of constantly making decisions, which can give you decision fatigue, it just saves you time, right? They say that about your health too. If you just spend the time, the energy and the money into taking care of yourself now, you're going to get that time back and that you're not going to be sitting in the doctor's office all the time trying to figure out how to fix what's broken. If you can do as much ahead of time as possible, it will save you time in the future and it'll save you stress and anxiety and it'll just make for better relationships. Yes. Just saving the time and knowing that that's that's what's just expected in your family. I think Mm -hmm. one simple thing, since we're always talking about family communication and sitting around the table, is years ago after I started this business and we were really focusing on making sure family communication was strong in our family, I knew that you know it had to be at the kitchen table. And one thing that we had let happen in our family would be like, the kids' homework would end up at the end of the table or something would stay there. And one simple thing to make sure everyone knew family dinner was going to be where we took time to gather and to talk and and focus was I simply put a tablecloth on it. And it's a wipeable tablecloth and we have a little center piece and very simple and a napkin holder with our together game in it. But Just having that is one step that's Uh super simple for us to commit to that because nothing gets left there. You know, people might do something, but nobody, it it looks better. The tablecloth looks physically better and everyone knows it when nothing Uh is cluttered on there. So as you start working towards that, then things naturally pop up in your home to make you stay committed because it just stays Uh forefront. Yeah, exactly. Kimberly, one thing I hear you talk a lot about is saying no to things. And I really appreciate this coming from you a whole lot. I remember a good friend telling me when my oldest was in kindergarten, you are going to have to say no even to good things. And that has just really stuck to me and really encouraged me through the years as our family of six has gotten busier and busier. Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear your journey to discovering how this practice really impacted your family to thrive and grow in in ways that you know it would not have otherwise if you Mm -hmm. had not gotten very good at saying no. Yeah. So, um, Going back to like having figured out our values ahead of time, we fi- we kind of like brainstormed a list of things that were important to us, things we were passionate about. And one of the things that my husband and I could agree on was we were passionate about wise money management. And so my he, he's never been in debt. Like he did everything right from the time he was born. But 
I, on the other hand, um, I had an incredible amount of debt coming out of college. I really had to fight my way to becoming debt-free. And that was one of the things that brought us together. He was so impressed. I had like a spreadsheet and I had like, I was like working my way out of debt and I didn't do Dave Ramsey at the time, but I'd read something else that was kind of the same idea. And so I was like working my way and paying my bills. And like, we both had a passion for that. And so we also had a passion for teaching our kids about money, which I had started to do. And I was talking about it on my blog and I just really cared. Like I, I, I could talk about money all day. Money's not an off the table taboo subject for me. We had agreed upon that. We had put that, let's just say we put that aside. That was one of the values that we had. And we, you know, figured out some practices. What does it look like? It looks like tithing. It looks like putting, you know, money aside to be generous to others. It looks like opening up our home, right? There's a whole list of things that we created that we, that kind of fit into this category. Made that decision. That was important to us. Put that aside. I was volunteering for everything. There was a season where I was like, I'm home. I can do this. Why won't I sign up for this? There's a lot of moms that work in town. There's a lot of moms that don't. It's probably like a 50, 50 town where I live in. So of course I'm going to pick up the slack. I'm home. I can do this. I can do all the things. And so there came a time, which is interestingly enough, where I was starting to write more in line. I was listening to podcasts about productivity and I was like, oh my gosh, like I have to say no, like I have to set boundaries in place. I have to stop doing all this stuff. And so the pendulum swung and I was trying to take my writing seriously and I was blogging and doing all the things. But somebody approached me and said, Hey, I heard that you're now in this particular school. I want to know if you'd be willing to chair the TREPS entrepreneurship program at the school. And I was like, Oh, yes. I didn't even have to think about what to say yes to. Right. So I ended up chairing the program. I got my husband involved. He became the marketplace coordinator, which is basically where they sell the goods. So the, so the kids are taught to um, create a business. They had to know how to learn how to do a marketing plan, learn how to do pricing. Then there's like this marketplace where everybody comes and sells their goods. So he took over the marketplace. My kids were in the program at the time, but we actually ended up chairing that program for about six years. And so they had aged out of it. And so then my teenagers were able to then be the teacher's assistant you know, certain years I even taught the class. And so for us, because it was something that we had already determined was a value for us, something that was important to us, we were able to say yes to it. And not only that, but we got our kids involved in it. And so what was really touching was the first year where we were really all hands-on, like my kids would be there before and set up and then they'd close down. The principal didn't say, like he went down the list and mentioned all of the people that were involved and he didn't say my name. He said the Amici family. And so it was so exciting that 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 was something that we were becoming known for because that was a value that we really cared about. Now, on the opposite end of that is I say no to every bake sale. I say no to every, every come in and do library duty. And I can say no with confidence because that is not my lane, I guess, is, you know what I mean? Like I could do those other things, but they're not a va- like a value for our family. They're not worth the time, the sacrifice and time, energy, attention, to do those things for us because it doesn't line up. Now you could be a family that loves to bake and that's the way you serve others and you go for it. But understanding what I say yes to and what I say no to is so deeply rooted in our values. Today's bonus question with Kimberly is brought to you by Together for Easter. My daughter Julia showed me a cute sign in a magazine the other day. It said, silly rabbit, Easter is for Jesus. And she thought it was adorable and she knew I'd love it. And I did. I thought it was so cute. And today I want to challenge you all 
to put a little more Jesus back in this Easter season and challenge yourself to count up to the days of Easter by really focusing on your faith, making it a time to reflect, focus on new beginnings, and talk about what is meaningful. Grow stronger as a family all in a fun way because today's words matter tomorrow. And that is how Together for Easter is gonna help you all to grow closer this Easter season. Read the excerpt for the day as a family, peel the corresponding sticker, talk about the conversation starter, place the sticker on the resurrection scene, and simply have meaningful conversation and grow together. Of course, the concept is super simple and it takes all your small moments and makes them Big. Order your sticker copy or your digital copy today at togethermoments.com. All right, Kimberly, this is your question from our Together for Easter digital version. This is from the card for the third Sunday. What seeds do we need to plant in our family to grow the fruits we want to see? Oh, the seeds that we need to plant into our family is the seeds of time. I believe that the more time we spend with one another, even doing nothing allows us to speak into their life and gives us the opportunity to connect and grow together. That's really a great answer. Answer. I was expecting you to say something about a virtue, like patience oh. or compassion or forgiveness <laughs> or something. Well, I think time opens up the opportunity for all those things. I do I too. can just sit with my kids and do nothing. Even just sitting side by side with them builds trust, you know, and then it allows the door open for me to speak into whatever it is that they've finally opened up to share with me. It absolutely does. What a great way to bring it all together though and just say time because if we focus on that, it truly does bring everything else. That's a very cool answer. Tell me how that's translated into your children. So now they're teenagers, they're making mm -hmm. their decisions about what activities to be involved in mm -hmm. versus us signing them up, you know, like mm -hmm. signing them up. How have you seen that um, translate into what they give their time to? Or have you seen a situation where they've said yes and then regretted it because they knew they shouldn't have said yes to it? Or I'm just curious how, because I think that's such a great family value to pass on to our children. I think as women, especially, <laughs> we have a natural inc inclination to help and serve. And so we say yes more to things mm -hmm. that we probably should say no to. Yeah. So just curious what your experience has been with that. When it comes to like their interests, it's very different than their, that like our family's values. So I give them a lot of latitude when it comes to their interests. You know, I try to sign them up for the things they're interested in. I try to encourage them when I see that there is an interest, like for example, my children, some of my children, they'll be excited about something um, but then fear gets in the way. So I'll push them in that direction because I can identify the reason that they're not doing it has nothing to do with they're not interested or they're not capable. It's because there's fear or there's something in the way. So I do encourage them to try new things. We do sign them up for whatever sounds fun, whatever they're interested in. I do uh, look for if they're doing something that they say they don't want to do anymore. You, we usually, like I said before, honor our commitment. We we fulfill that season. And then I give them the opportunity to discontinue doing it. If I see that they want to quit just because so-and-so is there and she's not my friend, well, now we've, we've got to work on some character issues here and some equipping you with some practices that'll make that experience good for you. Because I don't want to ever have my kids miss out on something because of 
discouragement or fear. I want it to be because it's not for them. And so going back to, I guess, the values is that I'm encouraging to help them figure out what is for them, what is important to them, what they do enjoy. Um, But example that I love to give is um, my oldest daughter, when she was a freshman in high school, she joined the field hockey team. And at the first information meeting with the new players and parents, they talked about how what they typically do each year is have a freshman like lunch or dinner, and they have a freshman host it. And then everyone comes over. I was at the meeting with her, but she looked over at me and I just nodded my head and she raised her hand. Like it was a no brainer that she was going to do that because that's what our family does. So we had already had, we had had already set the precedent as a family of like, you know, our church rent space. So like if they needed a place to hold a meeting, no, you can have it at our house. We hosted our share of small groups. You know, when she was in eighth grade, her lacrosse team needed a backyard to have a party and we hosted it. Like we had just got finished hosting the middle school's PTA teacher appreciation brunch at the end of the year. Like, so we, we do these things. So she already knew that that was important to us. She already knew that we make that a priority. And so she didn't even have to really ask me, like if she had to come home and been like, yeah, mom, I signed us up for X, Y, and Z. It's probably because she knows we would already say yes. That's such a great example. I love that this is, it's all coming full circle here because what you, you are proving to us listening that your family really is living out these values. And it's just second nature. If your kids are volunteering your home for something, (laughs) that is fulfilling what you want them to do because Mm -hmm. that has to make you so proud. Yay. You know that we want to do this. We want to give to people. And um, you have to be so proud of your children to want to offer that as well because them inviting people to their home, especially at the age they're at now, means they become the host as well. And they are embracing that and enjoying it. I just think it's such a good way for us to connect all of it as we're listening to you share about your own family. When I think of my kids growing up and standing up for what they want to be known for and what they stand for in their values to see it come out in a confident way is such a reward for parents, even in little things like, mom, I volunteered our house. Everyone can come here before the Friday night football game. I I knew you'd say that was okay. And when they know that that's okay, it's like, yay, it, it, it's growing towards the right thing that we want to see in our families. Does that make sense? <laughs> Am I connecting? Yeah, it makes total sense. It's, it's so amazing when you actually see it click. Kimberly, you have just packed so much into this short episode. And one of the things you kind of brushed on, but we didn't really, I don't actually know that we said it fully, was mm-hmm. you have a free worksheet on your website at buildyourbestfamily.com. Mm-hmm. to help families identify their own family culture and really talk about what they want to be known for. Will you share with us one of your favorite from there? You, you've mentioned a few, but what's one of your mm-hmm. favorite things that you think brings an aha moment to a family? One of your favorite um, questions, sorry. Yeah. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a resource available specifically for your listeners. And so So in it, it's going to be the family discussion sheet and then the family, the discussion sheet that you can use with the kids. And so for us, I think our biggest aha moment was when we get our kids involved with the discussion. So my husband and I, you know, we we talked, so I mentioned earlier, 
what do you want to be known for? You know, what are the sights and sounds and smells that make you think of home, that make you feel safe? What is it that wasn't provided for you that you can provide for, you know, our family and our children? And so those are great conversations to have. But I think the, the most fun I had in this culture building process was when we got our kids involved with the conversation and we brought them, we were just eating out. Like it was totally spontaneous, not really planned. And we were out at Chipotle eating and we started talking about brands, right? Cause kids know brands. I mean, I don't, you could have a toddler and they will, t- <laughs> that commercial comes on, that music comes on, that logo comes on, whatever the Geico lizard comes on. They know what they're going to get. <laughs> when they see that, right? So we're like, okay, guys, what do you think of when we say Chipotle? And what do you think of when we say Michael's? What do you think of, well, I forget. I think we talked about another store. And so they were all able to like tell us like what you get when you go to that store and what you can expect. And then we sort of took the conversation and we started talking about families. We talked about our, our neighbor and I was like, well, what do you think of when you go to her house? And they were like, oh, she's got the best snacks, you know? <clears throat> and she, she actually has all boys. And so one of the things my girls were like, like, mom, she just likes us to sit at the girl. My girl said this. She just likes when we come over to sit at the island and watch TV in the kitchen with her, right? Because she's got boys and now she's got these two little girls that want to hang out with her. And so and she's always got the best, you know, snacks and she's got this and got that. And so they know how they feel when they go to her house. And then we talked about another friend of ours and they were like, oh, mom, because the, the ages all match up, right? And sometimes they'll go over all of them and they'll be like, mom, they always fight. And the nanny never like makes them, like makes them make up. She just makes them just like leave her alone and go be nice. And so they told me how uncomfortable they felt when they would go over there. And so the fact that our kids were starting to understand that culture was what you could expect and what you can count on. I was like, well, what do you guys want to be known for? Like, what do you want people to say when they leave our house? What do you think? What do you want people to know they're going to do when they come to your house? And so they just sort of like rapid fire. were like, well, we don't want people to feel uncomfortable when they come to our house. We don't want people to feel bad because we're fighting or, you know, they did say snacks. <laughs> um, they did say games because we love to play games together and just a whole bunch of different fun things. Like we had already started traveling with them. So we kind of thought it was fun that people liked, like people would pay attention on Facebook and they'd be like, oh, I heard you went here and I heard you went there. So they kind of really embraced that too. Like they liked that people asked them about the places that they went. And, and so that was really an aha moment for me in that this stuff really matters. And we think that our kids aren't paying attention or we think that we're just running the show and they're along for the ride, but that's not really what's going on. And and if you can make them a part of who you become, they're going to take ownership of it. And like going back to, you know, the example I gave, my kids love having people over. And so like, it, it wasn't just a mom and dad thing. It was a us thing. You said a couple of things there that really stuck out to me. You said, culture is what you can, you can expect and what you can be known for. And also when you figure all this out, they'll take ownership of it. And it it makes me think when our kids started having friends over when they were young, I'd always say to them, Hey, when you're at our house, you make yourself at home. You can open the refrigerator. You can walk in the pantry. You can grab anything you need at any time and don't feel uncomfortable about that. Just do it. And now when their good friends are over that have been coming here for a while, they do that. And I love it. And now (laughs) my one daughter has a friend where every time she walks in, she asks if we have this one kind of turkey she likes, which is hilarious. (laughs) And now my daughter will say, you know, so-and-so is coming over 
we have to go get the turkey. She's going to expect that turkey when she opens the fridge. And it's just so cute. And I love that. I will always have that turkey for this girl because it's what she expects and not because I'm trying to prove anything to her, but because there's so much more there. It's, it makes that girl comfortable being in our family. It makes my daughter have this connection with her and, and it, it brings so much, just that level of comfort and, Mm -hmm. and, um, the culture means so much more than just the Turkey you expect, Mm -hmm. but that constant, hey, we'll embrace you. We're here for you. You are so welcome in our home. Mm-hmm. And I think what you said just made me think that. I hope it made our listener really make that connection. You're doing awesome things, Kimberly, with connecting the culture to mm-hmm. these families and the strength of families. It's such an easy thing for us to hone in on if we take time to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you, we talked um, on my podcast about, you know, when people come over to your house, they can expect that you're going to have good conversations. And that's because of the work you do with those dinnertime conversations and stickers. And you've made yourself available for your children's friends to talk to. And they'll go places with you that they probably wouldn't go with another mom. And that's because you've created that culture of openness and conversation. Yeah. And I'll have one girl come over and she'll say, I know you're going to give me a life lesson. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. And, and you know, I have... Three, I will have three teenage daughters all at the same time. And if my home is known for life lessons, then that's amazing because <laughs> they're all going to need it together. And then I know they're walking away talking mm-hmm. about those conversations when I'm not mm-hmm. around, which is yeah. awesome. And yeah, one other thing you said, Kimberly, that stuck out is how you said people ask your kids those things mm-hmm. about... Um, what your family is known for. And that in itself has to make your children feel, yes, that is what our family is. And they immediately, it it strengthens that part of them being on Team Amici and here's Mm -hmm. what we do and here's what we show up for every day. The fun, the goodness, the compassion to our community, whatever it is, all those little things keep solidifying Mm -hmm. what our families are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I get permission to not be what you aren't, which I think is just as important. That's such a great place to end. We'll end right there because we don't want to waste the time on the things that we are not and just keep focusing on what we're striving towards. Kimberly, I'm going to ask you the last question I ask every guest. What's one thing helping your family stick together right now? Okay. So for us, well, a little bit of Netflix, (laughs) but um, really games. Tell me what your favorite Netflix show is that you watch as a family, or is it just always movie night or what? Um, All right. So we worked our way through a couple of shows. I I have older kids, so we just finished Psych, and then we've watched Chuck. We also got into, um, I think it's called Blown Away. It's like a glass blowing competition show. So we've kind of gotten into that. We've binged all those. Yeah. And right now we're looking for some new stuff, but just, and we've done a bunch of documentaries. That's been fun because my, my oldest is looking at colleges and picking majors. And so I'm like, here, let's watch things. What do you want to be when you want to grow up? So just, it's been, so it has been a bit of Netflix, but it's also been games for us. We love games. I know I'm always surprised to hear that people don't like games and that's okay. 
because we love them, but it, there's just such magic in the ability of them to bring us together, to make us laugh. You know, and even last night, my one daughter was like, I don't want to play. I have homework. I'm like, oh, how convenient that you have homework right now. And she watched a round of the game and then she was like, okay, I'm in, I'm in next round. Like all of a sudden she like realized, oh, I can't miss out on this. So that's, what's been really helping us um, stick together during the season. Tell me one of your go-to games with your aged kiddos. I love to hear what um, everyone's playing that ever that makes everyone happy. <laughs> yes. Okay. So we love Monopoly Deal. We love Quicks. That's a fun one. That can span the ages. Um, we just got Ticket to Ride, which is kind of fun. A little bit stressful, a little bit anxiety producing. Let me so say fun. something real quick. <laughs> Ticket to Ride is one of our family favorites. And that has spanned my youngest daughter when she was eight. Mm-hmm. She loved it and could start playing by herself. Um, and my five-year-old will join someone's team. But we yeah. have all, you'll appreciate this because you know the game. We have always said we need to play a no mercy version of Ticket to Ride where everybody, it's it's free reign, block any track you want. <laughs> Oh my God. (laughs) Because when we start, you know, someone gets mad and we've always said, okay, is anyone in for the no mercy round? And nobody, like, if you have one person that won't do it, we can't do it. Someone will leave in tears or throw in something or stomping away. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a fun game, but oh, I can see that happening. And we've, we've only played it a handful of times and already it's a little bit, I'm never playing this game again. I'm like, sure you're not. You will. You will. You'll see. There's so much strategy. That's a fun game. Awesome. Okay. Now just tell everybody where all the places we can find you to get your freebies, listen to you on your amazing podcast, and of course, connect with you. Okay. So I love to be on Instagram. Um, Build Your Best Family is on Instagram as Build Your Best Family. And then I'm on there as Kimberly Amici. You can find me at buildyourbestfamily.com. That's where my podcast is located. And that's where I share and have resources for all things family all things family culture. And then I'm also um, over at KimberlyAmici.com. I talk a little bit more there about faith, what I'm learning, family culture, community relationships, everything else goes there. And of course, we will have all those links in the show notes. Kimberly, this has been amazing. I always learn something so great from you. And when my kids get home from school, we're going to talk about family culture more in depth. And because I think it's a, it's something we need to revisit over and over. And it's going to look different in every season that the how is going to change, but the why that'll be the same. Absolutely. All right. Thanks again for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. If you love what you're gathering through these episodes, please screenshot, tag us, share with friends, and leave a review. It is the best compliment you can give us. It is so encouraging, and together we can help grow stronger families. Be sure to follow us at Together Moments on Instagram and Facebook. Leave us a DM. Check out all our incredible games and tools and your free family resources at togethermoments.com. As always, Take time to gather, together to grow, and speak the words that matter.